it's good to have you back um, for the Earthsea Love Podcast, Season 2, and it's the episode with Jackie Holder, and this will be Part 2. Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast has been made possible by the funding from National Lottery Heritage Fund. And it's the episode with Jackie Holder, and this will be part two. We had to split it up because, well, we did. We did get chatting, and we could have continued to chat about, oh, so many things. Trees, nature, grief, um, sharing these skills of getting your thoughts and feelings on the page and how it is so needed during these times and beyond but how it's it's a practice just like walking is a practice journalism is a practice and also getting out there to deepen that relationship with nature as a practice and sometimes there's fear there is fear and barriers to this happening within our community of women of colour, black women, and it's how we can work our way through, over, under, around these barriers so we can fulfil our birthright to be walking this land. We have a right, like anyone else, 
any other human being in this world to be at one with nature, to be nature. Anyway, so this is part two of my conversation with Jackie Holder and um, enjoy. Thanks again for listening to the Earth Sea Love podcast. In lockdown, one of the pieces of work that I got commissioned to do was to work with BAME frontline workers uh, who are working with women around sexual violence. Mm -hmm. And so I was working with the staff and the teams. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was kind of thinking about the content of the sessions and what I wanted to bring into those sessions, I woke up one morning and all I got told was go find in search of our mother's gardens by Alice Walker. Well, I searched my house up and down because when I moved here, I had to give away hundreds and hundreds of books mm. because they wouldn't all fit into my new home. And I think I gave that one away. Um, and so luckily about a month later, I was at a, no, a few weeks later, actually, I was at a friend's party and I looked on her bookshelf and she had loads of books by Alice Walker. So I said to her, have you got In Search of Our Mother's Gardens? And she was like, I think I have. Anyway, we we're all looking for it at this party and it wasn't there. And then um, another friend said, oh, I think I've got a copy. And honestly, she said, I'm going to find it and I'm going to send it to you. And she did. And when it came through the post, let me tell you that the cover was literally not even hanging on the front of the book. <laughs> it felt like, oh my God, this is like a treasured copy. And I, all I remembered was I read Alice Walker in Search of Our Mother's Garden, I think in the early 1990s. And all I remember, there was a piece in there about sunflowers. Yeah. And that's what I woke up with. And when I read the piece about sunflowers, I can't paraphrase it exactly, but what she says is that her mother had a hard life. When her mother was in her garden, tending to her sunflowers, she was like a woman reborn. True. And I would read that quote in those sessions and women would literally weep quietly, mm -hmm. weep openly, or they would connect to some sense of where on nature they come alive. I mean, it was just phenomenal, the impact of reading those words in every session that I facilitated with over 20 teams. Because it's not, you're not just connecting with nature, to nature, you are connecting with yourself. And yes. that is so important for women who have suffered domestic abuse and sexual violence. I know, I work with them from the Angelou Centre and yeah. they lose their sense of self. If ever they had yes. a sense of self, it is gone. It is obliterated in order to survive, you know? Cause they're, you know, that's it. They're not victims, they are survivors. And to support that, that journey back to themselves, nature and the natural world she has so much that she can offer and hold hold us and I'm saying us because she helps us heal she gives us a way back to ourselves through that connection with her and yeah talking to you now my eyes are welling up you know because I I I feel it within my body that the gifts that she keeps on giving 
And I only hope that, you know, I, I give as much as I get because it's boundless what she gives. It's boundless. And again, and again. Yeah. I've noticed on your feet, I'm off social media, but I came on to check you out. Loving the lava lamp with your plants. I'm going to be putting mine near mine. Well, <laughs> you mentioned green prescription and we just talked about healing. What is the green prescription? I find that in my work. So I work, I do a lot of corporate work. That's the main bulk of my work. And then I get to do all the other things that I love in between the corporate work. Um, and I find that I'm often talking with coaching clients regardless of how senior they are about their connection and their relationship with nature and um, over the years I've prescribed a lot of nature prescriptions like okay so where do you get resourced in nature well go give yourself that that's a prescription I think it was last year during lockdown I decided to create a template where people could write down how they could get their nature fix because I think what one of the things that lockdown has done is it's really deepened people's appreciation because we've been restricted at being able to be outdoors. People have appreciated the green spaces around them, the green and the blue spaces around them more. So for example, um, here in South London, whereas I could, you know, go to my local park and pretty much walk around without getting bounced off the path. People are flooding the green spaces, they're full. Um, I have a local park that is not even five minutes from my doorstep, which to be honest, I used to basically ignore in, in favor of heading out to, Ch oh no, no, I'm going to Chelsea to walk the Thames Park. Oh no, 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 I'm going to Battersea Park. Do you know what I mean? Sitting on my doorstep is an absolute gem. Because of lockdown, I was forced to get to know my local park more intimately. So from the outside, it looks like a pretty deadbeat place. That gives a completely wrong impression of the beautiful oasis that is inside that park. It's unbelievable. And it was only by to go in there and be in relationship with the land that even I who professes to really love and appreciate nature had kind of written off by a first glance what a lesson has been I mean a lot of people have a lot of gripe with the pandemic and have been complaining I mean I'm not saying about those who have loved and lost. I mean, those who are having to stay indoors, restrict their whereabouts. Mm -hmm. It's a mass hoax, you know, conspiracy. But switching it up and seeing that it has offered us that gift of slowing down, staying closer to home and appreciating what's on our doorstep. Yeah. We've yeah. got a lake. We've got a lake around here, a beautiful lake, South Norwood Lakes. When I told some of my neighbours, and first there's a lake in South, they're like, what are you talking, what are you talking about? Uh, hello, we, we've got a lake. <laughs> what are you talking about? They didn't know what I was talking about. I hear Because they didn't know the land, they don't know the green spaces. Because I walk, I discover things. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm totally with you. I claim 
I don't know if you've heard of the word flaneur, which is, yeah, of course. well, I claim yeah. female flaneus as the black, <laughs> the black woman, the black woman walking the landscape. Yeah. Be it that urban green spaces or out further in the countryside. I claim flaneus yeah. as us because that is how we do find out the lay of the land. What? Yes. It's how we place ourselves within place. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've traveled far and wide and walked wherever to place myself within that place, to find that way of being at home, even though I'm a foreigner in that place. And it is with my body. It's for me again yeah. and my body into that place at the same time. And then once I've done that, it's like, yeah, okay. I'm not saying I'm comfy, but I know the lay of the land. And that puts me at ease, makes me feel safe and makes me feel at home. And it gives you a lot of confidence. When we get to be in our bodies, so much more is possible. I walk the land with a lot of confidence. (laughs) There is not much that really frightens me when I'm walking. Mm. I'm pretty, you know, uh, it's a way of me being in my body. And I do feel a great difference. My work is busier than ever. And increasingly I notice it is encroaching on my walking time Ooh. that time in the morning yeah I know you're doing Especially, great work Jackie I know you're doing great work but you also have to nurture yourself absolutely <laughs> and I've noticed this particularly around um winding down for Christmas <laughs> how difficult it's been very grey in London yeah, you know, and the tiredness and the the dark mornings—it's mm. been a lot harder. Mm. And I'm really looking forward. To, you know, as we hit as we move into February and March, I know those mornings are lifting and they're going to get lighter mm. um, to get back out there. But I, like I was saying, I can really feel and see the difference of what it is like when you don't walk regularly. I'm a woman who's used to walking seven days a, a week. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's my, that's my, that's mm-hmm. what I give to myself. Um, and it just makes such a difference. I hear you. I totally hear you. And I totally agree. And that's seven days a week. And you know the difference when you're not doing it. And this yeah. really, this morning I woke up and it was like, woke up this morning wanting some energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And what I went to, and this is again, your realm it was my journal yeah I went my journal not just the words on the page but also images I feel as well you know sometimes Mm -hmm. I go journal and the words are not just coming out but maybe an image will help yeah um and that's Mm -hmm. so and I know that you've written books about journaling and again if I've missed days of dirt journaling I feel it I am not a very mm-hmm. good person to be around. Thinking about you, I mean, you put out these books about supporting this journaling practice because it is a practice. Yeah. It's like walking mm-hmm. the practice. Anyone who's listening out there is like, oh my gosh, I really want to get out for walks. Oh my gosh, I really want to get out. I want to journal, man. I want to get my thoughts out and connect with me. How can you talk to those people who are struggling to make those first steps? What is your advice to them what experience or what can you pull from your practice to share that will help well this 
there's so many things I want to say about journaling and I think you've really summed it up to begin with that journaling is a practice it's something that you try lots of different ways and different approaches in order to find the the rhythm or the the way that really works for you I don't advocate saying to people this is the way you do a journal I think everybody finds their own way in a journal but what is fantastic about journaling is that there are so many different ways that you can access a journal I love what you've just said Um, I have images all over my journals because some days I can't articulate the words for myself but the image can speak volumes a bit like a picture speaks a thousand words Um, I encourage people to write a word for the day I encourage people to write a line for the day a line for the day can be amazing in terms of when you come back to it the next day it gives you a starting point for where you might then continue to go Um, I encourage people to play with journal prompts. Um, I have um, free e-books on my website where people can download, you know, over 100 journal prompts and, you know, just write out a few of those journal prompts, maybe at the front of your journal or notebook or at the back of your journal or your notebook and just use those as as like a starter, starter block to get started in your journal. Because I think most of the time people feel they they come to journal writing with expectations. This is not your English comprehension class. This is not about punctuation, grammar and spelling. This is about giving yourself permission to um, unravel, to, um, to explore, to download, write about how you're feeling, write about what you're thinking. There is a saying that um, when you write about your, when you're aware of your feelings, then your emotions can be the way that you respond to your feelings. And I think a journal helps you to um, get clear or clearer about what you're feeling and to express it in a way. I make jokes with my friends. I say, you know, where I live now, the last road in London, (laughs) um, they drive mad around here. They're very, very fast drivers and they're quite aggressive Mm. they will kind of try and intimidate you on the road and I always say to my friends you know I wish they all had a journal in their car where they could offload what's actually going on for them because we would have less aggressive drivers on the road because so often you know when you think about the gravity of social media, digital overload, the constant distractions we get in our day, people don't have anywhere to process. And as we go through the pandemic, I've been saying to people that your journal is literally a room of your own. If you think about how many, if you're not living on your own, people that are living in families that are now forced to be indoors all at the same time, people are not having the physical space in the same way that they ha- they were, may have once had it. So where are we getting that psychological headspace mm. for ourselves to make sense of this tumultuous time that we have been thrown into yeah. that none of us saw coming? There was no preparation for this. There was no time to kind of get your head in gear. We just were in it. It was like one day was like, Oh, they're talking about a pandemic coming. The next minute, we was in it. True. So how we made sense of all of that? We used to have that escape. Yeah, things are getting a bit 
a bit too much within family, within the relationship. I'm just going to pop out, you know, let off some steam and come back better refreshed. So, yeah, I love that idea of that journal is a room by yourself. It can be that escape room, that can be that safety room. But there's also a lot of fear. There's a fear about starting a journal or, or meeting oneself on the page. Just like there is that fear for, and I'm thinking particularly about Black women, of venturing out into nature by themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all right. You know, I, I have to I have to acknowledge how privileged I am. And it's all right for me to sit here and say, oh, yeah, you know, I just knock out my journal. You know, I put some stickers in there, even some washi tape and I just write and write and write. Oh, and I also get into the sea and I wild swim. It's quite easy for me to say that because I've practiced it. But anyone that's listening will probably be turning around and saying, yeah, it's all right for her to say, just do it. But that isn't me. I can't do that. And we put our limitations up. We always limit ourselves. There is that because of fear. And, but fear is there as a protector. And it's actually getting to know fear a bit more. Um, talking to fear, inviting fear along on this adventure, whatever we may be trying on the page and out there and how we can actually move forward. What do, what do you think about fear? I mean, it's a really good point. And it's one of the reasons why I deliberately use the word urban forest because I don't live in the countryside. <laughs> I live in London. And um, people have some weird ideas about how much green space there is in London. Mm -hmm. But actually, London has got 48% green and blue space. So we have some of the best parks because the Victorians were dedicated to, you know, preserving green spaces for a variety of reasons, which is why we have so many wonderful ornamental parks across Um, London and other UK cities now I work I walk early in the mornings I wasn't a walker first of all I was a runner first of all I ran 10 years I've got a knee injury from when I played netball you know I have to lay off of the running because it's just too heavy on on my knees and I remember that I used to run at five o'clock in the morning and um, I would run all over London always on mainly on main roads I was I was pretty safe I wouldn't go into parks on my own till about seven when I knew other people would be in the past but main roads I was always happy to to run down and in the mornings they're quiet but people can still see you and people are still about moving about buses all that kind of thing um but I would still get quiet headspace that way and I got to know the streets that were safe and I could I can tell you this now in my body I, my body goes into hyper alert if somebody's coming towards me and I don't feel safe. Mm. My body just tells me and I listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I can also tell you a story of, um, it was, it was Christmas Eve, I think it was, or Christmas Day. I, I was living in Tulse Hill in South London and I ran from Tulse Hill to Richmond Park before I was 
Yeah, I used to run every Sunday from Tulse Hill to Richmond Park. That was my Sunday morning run. And I wanted to I wanted to do the run before I had to go to the supermarket because we have this ritual of going Marks and Spencers and getting some nice things for before Christmas Day. And I so I, I must have left home about half four in the morning. And as I was running through Roehampton, I ran past this fence and a fox jumped over the fence and nearly landed on my shoulder. And what did I do? I boxed the fox to get out of my way. <laughs> did you know it was a fox though? Did you think I didn't was- know it was a fox? Yeah, yeah. But it was like whatever it was, you're in my way. Yeah. And I sort of swiped and the fox was like, ah! <laughs> do you know what I mean? But that's how comfortable I was in my skin. We don't know what we are capable of until we put that first foot forward. If you walk for five minutes around the block, that's great. The next week you could do 10 minutes around the block. That's great. The next week you could do 15 minutes around the block and build small incremental steps. One of the challenges we have in life is that we want everything now. We want to be in nature everywhere and in the best way and in the biggest way. No, 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 no. Go back to your word slow. Seed yourself. Tech time. Tech time. Tech time. Slow it right down. And that is it. You know, it's coming back to what we're seeing in society. It is changing slowly and and that's good, but it is what we're seeing represented in me- the media that people in nature or outside don't look like black women. They're not usually black women, you know, and they're, that, that idea of using the word outdoorsy, that comes with its own connotations. And it is another barrier to us taking that walk around the Can I tell you that when I walk the Thames Path, which I've been doing for almost 20 years mm-hmm. so I, I I join it at Clapham and I normally walk up towards Richmond and I've gone as far as Kew Gardens I have attempted to get to um, Hampton Court but every time it's always too dark by the time I get up there I've got to start out a lot earlier I think I've passed about one black person especially when I get further up as I'm going up towards Richmond you just don't see people of colour. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, because I used to live in um, Isleworth. Yeah, yeah. So I passed through that. I walked up to the locks at yeah. Isleworth because you can go that way to Kew or you can go that way to Isleworth. So I've walked, I've done them both. Yeah. And in fact, um, for two of my birthdays, my friends, we've all met at Richmond Park and we walked up to Isleworth. And then we've gone for a pub lunch and walked out. Fantastic birthday and got a, a boat down the river. But again, you were just you and your group. Yeah. I of black faces. Well, you know, it's a group of black women. It would be an unusual sight walking along the path. It's become a lot more well known now during lockdown. Mm. I am seeing more people of colour, particularly around Battersea. But often as you move further up, less and less. Putney and up that way towards Richmond. I think it's really important that we hold space. It's so important. I I walk for other black women. I walk to say to you, you know what? It's okay for you to be here. 
I, you know, I smile at black women. If they don't smile back, I still smile at them. I'm totally with you. This is a struggle and a tension that I'm having at the moment. And I've been talking to my daughter, she's 10. And where we've been doing our walk and there's people that are walking in twos and threes and fours across the path. Me and Ella, we either step into the road, step into the ground, we keep the distance. And she yes. me, why do we always have to do the stepping off mum? Why do we step out of the way of them? And it hurts my heart, right? Because I, I do want to take up space. But if that space is contagious, <laughs> I don't want to bring us into risk. Yeah. Yeah. And I say to her, it just shows to me, Ella, that they don't care about our well-being. We are doing this to keep them safe and ourselves safe. They're not doing that, Ella. And I says, that's just a case of like, it just shows the kind of people they are. And I says, they're not the kind of people that you should worry your pretty little head about. They're just not worth the thought. We continue to do that. Because, you know, for generations, for centuries, we're the ones that stepped in the road to let the white people walk past, you know? And that's what hurts because I'm continuing to do it. I would love to just barge through. But when they go past, you know, I do say, don't step out the way for us. If somebody does step out the way for us, I do say, thank you for stepping out the way. That's a real challenge because I've had a lot of that on my walks where um, I've had people walking towards me who have decided that they're not going to move aside, yeah. especially if I'm on the right which I think is the right of way if you're walking up mm -hmm. the person walking towards you should go around mm -hmm. and especially if you're on the right side and the bridge is next to you there is actually nowhere else for you to go so that in itself um, and it's a real challenge I've had a few little face-offs yeah where I haven't moved not in the lockdown I'm talking about before yeah um, and it's a real challenge and I think that, you know, as, as black women, we have to be very, we've learned to be vigilant. Mm -hmm. We have you know, to we've learned, yes. And um, I think that that might also deter many black women from, you know, taking up space in nature mm -hmm. because we're often aware that we have to be aware of what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. And there's something about, you know, the safety but I really do believe that safety comes with the more you get to know a place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, like, totally. totally. when you get to know a place, you know, the place knows you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that walking, that walking yeah. practice comes in. And yeah. that, I live on the coast here, whiter than white space. Yes. I walk, I walk the coast. I walk the beach. I go in the sea. Yeah. I cultivated that practice now that I've been here 10 11 years yes and I'm the only black face in that sea or on that sand but I I know I belong there because once yes. I'm with the sea and with the sand I'm with nature and like she accepts me there's no yes. judgment from her she accepts me I as I am I think that's very beautiful what you said she accepts me and that's what happens Jackie 
we have gone over our allotted time. <laughs> you know, it has. Just... I haven't even told you half the stories. Well, maybe we're going to. That's what I've been saying to people this season. I have to revisit people. We have to continue the conversation. It's just been wonderful. It has. And, and I want to say I am. Um, I'm just about to launch my inner and outer nature um, card self-discovery card deck. Which has come out of the work that I've been doing with my friend Jenny Garrett. She used to run these resilience retreats, particularly through lockdown, and uh, and she used to do these retreats before. And I used to come in and do these sessions on um, getting women to connect with nature. And I would use the metaphors from nature to create coaching questions, and then the women would generate their own questions. And so what I've devised is um, a deck of 49 questions which are connecting you with nature and your own inner nature. It's like outer and inner nature. Inner and outer landscapes. Absolutely. That's it. You know, so some of the questions in there are things like where in nature do you feel most alive and engaged? what would blossoming look and feel like so I'm, I'm inviting people to also think of everyday dilemmas or questions that they have where they could use a more nature inspired question to kind of explore it, the issue from a different lens or a different perspective um, and I think that these questions are far more generative than the kind of normal questions that we might ask ourselves, because you, we know that the brain, the mind loves novelty. It likes something different. Um, so I'm just really, really excited. When is this launching then? Yeah, so we're, we're just, we've just done the first um, print run to make sure, just check in the quality of the cards. They'll be on my Insta. I'll let you know, Sherry. Please. Please do. I mean, the, we're coming back for our um, second season in March. So we're collecting the recordings now and the conversations. So this yes. will be out in March, in the spring, that's what called. They'll be out then. But we can get Brilliant. it from the website, which will be in the show links, but it's... Yeah, yeah. Jackie, J-A-C-K-E-E-H-O-L-D-E-R. And people can follow me at Instagram on Jackie Holder Inspires. Totally, totally does inspire. It's been lovely talking to you, Jackie. And um, so many things that you have mentioned and the stories that you have shared have really touched my heart. But then also I found as a mirror a reflection for my own experiences. You know, mm-hmm. I'm entering my 50th year. And as you said at the beginning, that, that idea of coming home to myself, it's taken this long to get mm-hmm. to this point. But I know I needed to go through all those experiences that I've had yeah. to be on to before this point to get to this point because they're all part of what has made me as I am. Like that tree, you know, the 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 rings inside the tree and the bark yeah. Yeah. have come together. Yeah different stages to create that magnificent tree that magnificent oak say all that magnificent elder um yes it's been so thank you for naming the trees sherry as we wrap up that's lovely the trees love it when we pay attention to them that's how we're going to help them survive the more we pay attention to something the more we will be likely to care and tend for it 
everything that I do within nature with black women becoming stewards for yes for nature yes. but then also ourselves because we are yes and we need to you as you say that paying that attention and that's, absolutely yeah well take care yeah and um thank you so much i'm i'm gonna be tapping back in with you you know <laughs> come spring um, um yeah i've seen how how things are blossoming because I love that's cherry. lovely. I love cherry blossom, but thank you yes. for your time and your share. You. Yeah, much, much, thank you so much. Much thanks, and you take care. Yeah, I will do. Bye take care. Bye. 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 <laughs>